Welcome to Panelism, a podcast where we talk about the comics and graphic novels we're reading. I'm Todd A. I'm Taylor Trask. Good evening, Taylor. It's a, <laughs> yes, it is a good evening. It I always a- feel weird acknowledging the time of day. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's for those listening, I'm sure there's some curiosity if you're driving, you know, to and fro your your day-to-day. We are recording this a week before Thanksgiving, so yes, there's that to come and everything else after that. It's Black true. Friday shopping and ugh, I just, I don't know, you tell me this, as 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 a gentleman of uh, <laughs> hitting midlife, has do, does Christmas and Thanksgiving mean anything to you still? Like, does it, do you still get sort of like, oh yay, here it is again? Or have you? Or does it feel more like uh, okay. <laughs> one more one more lap around the merry-go-round? I guess. Well, <laughs> first of all, let me thank you so much for <laughs> for couching that in how I might feel as a, an, an aging gentleman. <laughs> um, I mean, I, there is there is kind of a, a a thing that's you know that changes where I just I just like that it's kind of like family time. Ah, okay. Um, and uh, fortunately, um, uh, you know, when my parents are with me in in California, um, we just generally eschew like the traditional Thanksgiving dinner. My dad's not big on like a turkey meal, so we usually go out and go somewhere where he can get fish. And often, my mom and I will have traditional dinner, but we might not if it's you know there's something else on the menu and. That's kind of a cool thing. I like uh, deconstructing that that tradition. Interesting. I don't like food based holidays. Generally. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, are, are there other food based holidays besides? I mean, th- Halloween, kind of. I guess. Uh, I mean, I, I I would say, um, I, yeah, Thanksgiving is the main one. You know, of course. Um, I, I guess I think of like Easter, where it's like there's this oh, yeah. pre- pressure sometimes to have an Easter dinner. Yeah. Or something, yeah. which is always very weird to me. I guess the thing with Thanksgiving too is, is uh, when I, I don't know, I, I, it's, it's another holiday that it's, or, or event that sticks out where I also have um, this weird impression of when I went to a vegetarian Thanksgiving, uh, you know, which <laughs> like Kabbalah monster bless them is wonderful, but it was one of those perfect examples of vegetarians trying to make uh, tofu look like, you know, the real meat, which is, uh, that's always sort of offensive to me. Like just have tofu. It doesn't need to look it. or yeah. try to taste like a Turkey. That's not you made this choice. Stop torturing I, yourself. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it wouldn't tofu be much better if it just, if you just enjoyed the taste of it or something, yeah. and you didn't try to make it into a fake meat. Um, and especially because I guess I thought like, Oh, we're going to be liberated from all the uh, Thanksgiving cliches, you know? And it was like, Nope, we're just doubling down on them. <laughs> We have to remind it's it, it's almost like people having Thanksgiving on Mars. Like we have to try to make it as re, as realistic as Earth Thanksgiving as possible. I'm like, but you're on Mars. You can start a new Thanksgiving. Like you, you don't even have to have it. Do something completely new. And it's like, nope, nope. We gotta do it just like we did back in Hoboken. We gotta have <laughs> we gotta have everything exactly. Dad's gotta pass out at two. It's such a weird thing because uh, I remember when my my brother was in Italy uh, one Thanksgiving. And he and his fellow exchange students tried to gather all the materials to make a traditional American Thanksgiving, which may have just sort of been a funny art project they were, they were doing. Because my, my brother had a real hard time finding the exact right, whatever it is that you make cornbread with, the like uh, cornmeal that's, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. that's not um, sweetened or you know leavened or whatever it is. And 
I don't know. And when I lived in London, like we had Canadians in our flat and Americans. So we split the difference and did like a Canadian American Thanksgiving and same thing of like, we had to go find all these traditional <laughs> foods. Why? They're not like exotic or anything. That's, anyway. the, that's the weirdest part. Canadians have their Thanksgiving oh like two whole months early. They're just like, no, nope, we're going to get it out of the way before it gets <clears> cold. <throat> and then we're going to, you know, get on with hockey and everything else. What, yeah. What are we? Know. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Let's get off the Thanksgiving subject. I was just going to say, what are we What are we really doing here today, Ty? We're reviewing books. Yes. And in this particular episode, it is one of your books. Yes, yeah, so uh, it's a book that I, I didn't select so much as it was selected for me. Uh, if you've been listening for the past few episodes, you know that I'm in a comic book and graphic novel book club, um, which I joined over the summer and have really enjoyed. Tell and them what it's called. Who's it? Tell more. To, it's, called I don't comic, think you... it's called Comics Bang. Comics and bang. it's a, 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 a what is that um yeah it's you know comics and then b-a-n-g is books and graphic novels oh nice or, and that's the name no, of the or shop novels, or this occurs? graphics or something no um <clears throat> that's just the name of this it's a oh. it's run out of comics unlimited in uh westminster or huntington beach however you want to you know there's the right on the line there um yeah and it's uh it's really enjoyable and so once a month we get together and we just chat about the book and it's real easy going um and I especially like that the book gets picked for me and then I don't, you know, I, we, we vote each time. Uh, and with the exception of Descender, which I had read, but then went back and revisited and ended up enjoying it and getting a new impression on it. Uh, I haven't, I don't think I've really, like, I maybe have been aware of a book, but it wasn't something that I was currently reading or had any exposure to. And this book is one of those where I had seen several single issues on the shelf, was very intrigued by it. Uh, picked them up, kind of flipped through and thought that it might fall in a genre uh, like Chew or Axe Cop that I'd, I you know, kind of had covered with another title. Like, do I really need another funny book? Uh, and it turns out, yes, I definitely needed this book. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it is... I, I <laughs> I know the title, but I'm I know. to drag I, I, it out I, as long as you possibly can because it's. When I don't you, know how to listening. Li hear the title, you'll <laughs> you'll understand the just insanity of what you're about to get into. And no, it's not night. Uh, what is that? Viking ninja cowboy cowboy ninja Viking. It's I, not you know, that. that did spring to mind though when I saw this because of this quote on the back from an IGN review, which is that this book is as wonderfully wild as it is completely literal. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I also remember many years ago when that Walk Hard movie came out, and um, oh yeah, uh, I you know I, I, oh my god, uh, what's his name? The actor's name just totally wa walked out of my head. Um, but uh, I, I just want to call him Dewey. Dewey, yeah, no, you're right. It's uh, John C. Riley. There we go. Yes, and he in, interviewed. He he was describing the movie, and he said the whole concept of it is there's no subtext. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you think would just be Great. subtext they just say that's just yeah. it's just text yeah. um so yeah this is a wonderfully literate book it's very funny and it is uh, sorry i said literate i meant literal it is literal like it the, i'm going to tell you the title and you're going to know exactly what this is about with possibly one question uh the title is shirtless bear fighter mm. and i can anticipate that your question might be is this a bear who fights <laughs> <laughs> or is it a man who fights bears? Uh, it is indeed a man who fights bears. 
Um, so it's not like Pooh Bear running around. He, he's ripped it off. He's he's all in now. You know, yeah. And he does not. I, I mean, this may come as a surprise, but he does not wear a shirt. No. And for a good, you know, 20, 30 pages or something, he doesn't wear any pants. Oh. And they just have a little pixelated dong <laughs> hanging between his legs. <laughs> well, sorry, I shouldn't say little. Uh, it goes down to about his knee. Oh, so, of um, course. But I'll tell you, I was, so I, I you know, I'd, I'd seen it, I'd picked it up. I was familiar with the look of it and I guess maybe some of the tone. I had no idea where this was going and didn't know if it was, you know, like going to develop into something more. I, I was <laughs> pleasantly shocked when I opened it up and there's an introduction to it written by Duncan Jones. <laughs> wow, baby Bowie himself. Yes, the director of Moon and... Uh, Many other creepy movies, right? What else has he done? Anyway. Oh, got World Jones. of Warcraft. But he's David Bowie's kid. So he just... Oh, he did World of Warcraft? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he, um, I mean, it's just it's just fun to see that like Duncan Jones reads the, you know, writes this great introduction and also calls out Axe Cop in it, which is clearly like a, a sibling book to this. But this doesn't have any uh, novelty hook to it. Like it was not written by a kid. It wasn't you know, invented by that's the whole, the whole premise of Axe Cop is uh, a, a five-year-old would tell these stories to his brother who was a professional comic book artist. And so the brothers started drawing these as comics. And so they look, you know, they look like any comic you would find on a shelf, but the stories are just crazy insane because a five-year-old has made them up. Um, this is, uh, it, it's voiced like adults. Ron, oh yeah. Yeah. And the cartoon is voiced by Ron's Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. There we go. And the, uh, this is a uh, shirtless bear fighter is, you know, it is an adult project. And I think, and definitely the humor is more adult. This is not, you know, like for kids. It's, it's for adults who want to read something silly. Um, Scotty Young is quoted on the back. So that, you know, the writer uh, artist of I hate fairyland likes this, that should probably place you in the same, you know, you should mm. land in the same uh, vicinity there. Um, and it's definitely like it is literal in that hilarious way of they don't even have to really write a joke because they can just tell you in these very, very literal terms. And that's what makes it funny. You know, the it, shirtless bear fighter is never identified. He, I mean, well, sorry, he's totally identified. His name is shirtless. That's what we <laughs> call him. <laughs> that is what everyone calls him <laughs> in the book. There is actually one character that he meets, um, uh, Susie Silva and her, her role in addition to like some other stuff is, you know, um, is sort of pointing out when something is absurd. Uh, so it opens up, there's a bear attack in the city. The city is named major city. Um, <laughs> so there's a bear attack in major city and this obviously, you know, worries the authorities. So they send this special task force, which I guess is like FBI or something, um, although I, I can't remember if they're identified, but the, um, it's an agent named Burke who knows shirtless and uh, Silva <clears throat> in helicopter. They fly out into the woods. They find shirtless. Uh, he's totally naked. Um, they <laughs> they uh, offer him a, I guess you would call it like, I, you know, a payment to go to go uh, fight these bears for them in the city, in the major city. So at uh, this point, wait, wait, at this point, he's already, his, he's got a vendetta against bears, right? He's so Yes, it opens up. You, you do not understand what the vendetta is, what his relationship to the bears is. Uh, <clears throat> and they try, they, you know, they, they make him an offer to come work for them. He doesn't, he says, you know, no, I don't need any money. I don't, I live out here in the woods. And they say, it's not money. It's 
a lifetime supply of flapjacks <laughs> and 100% pure maple syrup. Oh my God. <laughs> and in his very literal way, you know, he takes a stack of uh, flapjacks out and flips through them. Like it's a wad of cash. Like a wad of cash. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and then he takes part. some uh, maple syrup and rubs it on his gums. Like he's <laughs> testing the potency of cocaine or something. Um, and I, he turns them down. And so they, you know, they eventually there's like another attack. There's some other stuff. He gets drawn into this fight. And so then through this conflict, we learn this backstory of him, which is that he was actually raised by bears. Okay. <laughs> in the woods. This is Mowgli gone wrong then. This is like. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I, well, you know what? I forgot Mowgli to read the, the back dark. cover. I should have the back cover. We'll, we'll lay all this out for you. Let okay. me, let me tell you what that is. Right. After being betrayed by the bears that raised him. The legendary shirtless bear fighter wanders the forest he's sworn to protect, fist-fighting bears, eating flapjacks, and being the angriest man the world has ever known. When wild-eyed, super-strong bears attack the citizens of major cities, shirtless ventures into the human world to do what he does best, punch those bears in the face. <laughs> but all is not as it seems. Someone is manipulating shirtless, and only by confronting the demons of his past can shirtless hope to save his future. Uh, it is... That's in in contrast to the last couple of books where I've read the back cover. That is exactly what happens. I love it. I, in it, I almost wanted. I almost wanted you to say shirtless bear fighter TM because I just feel like you know having, <laughs> having just going that extra mile would have probably been completely appropriate for this book if they if they wanted to. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely Mister Bear Fighter. You know, I mean, you, <laughs> like it, it's a very formal name, yeah. uh, but it. <clears throat> I guess once you set up that humor, it all is going to kind of pivot on that. You know, it's it's told with all the beats of a like a superhero or act, any other kind of action movie. I mean, probably like a uh, just flashed in my head that it, Dwayne the Rock Johnson might be amazing at this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that he can grow the beard, the necessary. Well, beard. I was going to ask I, at some point in during this, I was going to ask you: Is it is it weird to say like you know I'm I'm ex I'm waiting for the movie with John Hamm as shirtless bear fighter? Or is that does he need to be a big burly? <laughs> not giant? big enough. Okay, okay. <laughs> this man guy. is almost bear sized. You know. Got it. Okay. Um. Uh. Anyway, his you know it's um it hits all those beats of like an action movie or a or a superhero movie, and so because of that, I think that obviously that adds to the humor. They're not exactly trying to you know, the way they're deconstructing those tropes is just by having it be a shirtless bear fighter who literally fights bears. You know, it's not, there's nothing, there's no different layer to it. You know, there is no, there's no other subtext there. <clears throat> it's just hitting the beats that you would normally hit in anything like that with this absurd premise. Um, do and, you, well, let me, let me interrupt. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever find out in this, cause we're talking about volume one or is it, is the whole thing one story start to finish that's over there's no volume two it is one story start to finish it leaves an opening at the end uh but the main conflict is all wrapped up do and, we ever find out hmm. why he is angry at bears like what oh yes we do we do okay so, and um he he recounts that to silva at a certain time about um we do see this like flashback. So he, you know, he has a bear family as Papa bear and mama bear and brother bear. And <laughs> they raised him. Um, they found he him as Goldilocks a for his uh, bar mitzvah. <laughs> He's like, uh, you must kill this girl. And then you are one of us. <laughs> that would be a, a, that's a Scotty young twist for sure. Um, they, he, uh, 
I, I'm trying not to give away any any spoiler. I don't think it's a spoiler because we we see this scene where, um, uh, you know, a, a a person that he cares about, and we don't really know the relationship. We just know there is a human dead in the woods, murdered by bears. Okay, and so shirtless feels like you know the bears have turned on me. They've betrayed me. Um, and I thought they accepted me as a human and, and other humankind, but they're just going to be bears. I can't do anything about it. So he goes and trains and then he goes back to the woods to protect it because he swore Papa Bear that he would protect the woods. Mm. But he's also very angry about this event and this this uh, dead human girl. And so he is, you know, punching bears. And <laughs> when he punches a bear, the onomatopoetic uh, <laughs> sound that appears is bear punch. Ah. <laughs> Um, you know, the big comic book explosion is not pow or wham or anything. Um, so is he, that when he punches anything or just bears? Just bears. Okay. So like if he's about, if he misses like a couple times, you know, he'll, he'll like punch <clears> him <throat> and they'll, the bear will stop his hand or something. And it'll be like bear. <laughs> <laughs> Won't get it all out. Um, but it, uh, he, but it, there, but there are these layers to it. I mean, like I said, it's, you know, it's not like ax cop is so weird because it totally pulls the form apart because there, mm. this kid is making it up and there's, there's great behind the scenes stuff where Ethan, the artist is, is telling his younger brother when they're making them, you know, like you've got to have kind of a story, you know, it's got to kind of go somewhere or something. And, and it's proceeds sort of like a, <clears throat> sort of like a video game, but it doesn't, you know, it's, it doesn't really necessarily have all the right beats to it. You know, stuff will just happen and you're, it totally pulls the story apart and it's really funny because you, you can't predict what a, five I think ten, I, uh, ten year old would say in those things you know i think i actually wrote something like that in fifth grade right uh, <laughs> I, remember, I remember writing like a book that i based almost entirely on a dream i had that i'm like that would make a great story and i kind of wrote this you know 30 page book that looking back was yeah, people must have thought i was just like a surrealist you know yeah. savant or something because it's like none of this none of this is linear at all exactly i the uh closest peak i got to how that boy genius works is on an ax cop panel for the TV show. Um, uh, Malachi, who was then about like eight years old. Um, he, from the, <laughs> from the stage directed cosplayers to fight each other in the audience. <laughs> and he like narrated it. Oh, geez. It was, wow, I mean, power it was went like, to that kid's it, head it was like stage. Fast. No, no, no. It was like an event. They were like, okay, we're going to do you shall dance special. for me now. Yeah. Papa, <laughs> no, but it was you totally that. <laughs> to entertain me. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, you know, it, it pulls it apart and shirtless bear fighter. You're going to hit the same things. Like, you know, as part of this uh, new conflict where the bears are going into the cities, shirtless leaves the woods, you know, so he leaves it unprotected, but then he, and he finds that they are, you know, these bears, there's something in their eyes and he knows of this magician called the hillbilly warlock. Who's like part pig. Okay, and that's that thing that's on the cover. That looks like it's a little mask. Yes. Looking thing. Okay. Yeah. And sort of like dressed like a, a devil, uh, you know, and, he, and he's a pig with all these uh, pig teats mm -hmm. and he makes this magic bacon <clears throat> um, that can sort of, allow him to control other beings. And uh, then there is a, a um, industrialist that we meet who <laughs> I thought I, I didn't even understand the depth of this joke when I first opened the book, because there's a picture of a bear, like an icon of a bear wiping its ass on some toilet paper. And I thought it was a, a just a little tiny aside joke like that 
uh, that commercial where the where the bears what is that Charmin or whatever where the bears go out oh, in the woods yeah. with the roll yeah. of toilet paper they they've pitched an entire line of toilet paper based on the joke does a bear shit in the woods anyway i mean this really happened in real life so it's happening here in the comic um and that guy's name is Jackson Logger and he uh he wants to clear cut this forest because okay. he wants to use the trees to make his toilet paper and he wants to like put a bigger you know toilet paper factory out there or whatever um <clears throat> and he's very upset that he's been bare, shirtless has been resisting this all along so you know you get these little like sort of uh, detective clues of like is it hillbilly warlock that's manipulating him or you know has jackson lager made a deal with hillbilly or and somehow using that magic and you know we get deeper and deeper and there's sort of jackson lager's uh, toilet paper base um is uh <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. What is it? Just Uh, just hearing these sentences constructed, right? To describe it is amazing. Yeah. And it's, I'm trying to remember, is it happy wipes or fuzzy wipes or something? I think it's fuzzy wipes. Um, So, you know, when they go into that factory, it it sort of has all the trappings of like an evil villain uh, layer, you know? Um, And there's bears guarding him at that point. And you're, you're thinking like, what's okay. What's going on? Whose side are they really on? And <clears throat> then there's the dynamic between shirtless and brother bear whom he grew up with, but they seem, you know, they, they definitely have a, a conflict of their own. And it really is everything that that back cover says, like it is only by confronting the demons of his past can sh- shirtless hope to save the future. Um, so to- totally enjoyable. I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid to ramble too long because it is just so super funny um, I don't want to spoil anything. I will tell you that uh, Shirtless does lose his powers at one point, and he is he is made weak, and he cannot fight off um, what is happening to him. And he's he's able to be captured and and you know tied up, uh, <laughs> incapacitated very very easily. And Silva, when she finds him, is like, "What in the hell is going on? Like, how are you so weak?" And you know, it's because his kryptonite. <laughs> is a shirt. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> put him in a shirt. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. And then That's amazing. So, you know, when we, we, you and I have a little outline and I, I wanted to make sure to hit these major themes, which I wrote down as bears. I think I've covered that lack of shirts, definitely a theme. And then pooping, which is where Jackson <laughs> logger comes in, uh, because he is, uh, he doesn't just make fuzzy wipes like that. Toilet paper is really, it's a whole lifestyle for him. <laughs> I see. Um, yeah, I don't want to describe it too much, but there is a, you know, like a mech that he rides in that looks like a toilet. And um, yeah, I won't get into any details about that, but it's, yeah, he, he's very, he's very deuce focused, you know? Let's <laughs> so. talk about, well, let's talk about the writer <laughs> and illustrator because I, uh, in doing some little research beforehand, noticed head writer is uh, Jody Lehoop or Lehoop. Yes. I think it's how you pronounce it. I don't know. Um, I'm familiar with them via, I don't know if it's a he or she, so I have to say them or whatever. It is a he. Uh, it is I, a he. I you, yes. I'm not familiar with him uh, on, you know, before this, but I came I came to to know him from The Weatherman, which is a series that's currently on, ongoing. I'm up to issue three on that. Yeah. Um, and that's got some interesting, crazy, sort of surrealist things going on too. So, you know, completely unleashed uh on this title i can't even imagine you know where he goes and then the artist sebastian gurner well yeah actually he is uh sebastian is the co-writer 
Mm. And then Nil All Vendrell right. is the artist. Um, and yeah, Sebastian, image, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And Sebastian was on uh, Southern bastards and deadly class. Oh, okay. That's uh, why this reminds me of Southern bastards. I couldn't quite figure out what the, what the thing was that. Okay. Now it all makes sense. Yeah. It's, uh, that's the team. Uh, Nil Vendrell. It does. I mean, there's not a lot of, uh, comic work listed at the, you know, in his credits page. Um, there's a lot of just Ill illustration work. Um, uh, and it says various web comics and fanzines. So I don't know that we would recognize him from something else. I would, I, it's not, uh, I don't know. I mean, it is, it, it's comic booky in like the best sense for me. Like it definitely looks like a comic book, but I can see that the art might be sort of venture brothers ish. Oh yeah. You this know, great, great, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, exaggerated in, in those ways. Um, you know, with the very like angled chins and the sort of overemphasized heroic looks, you know, the, it's like when shirtless walks out of the woods for the first time without a shirt on and without any pants on. And, you know, is he's just cut, you know, and it's the hair everywhere. Um, you know, and it's, it's that, over stylized kind of look you know it's not mm -hmm. superhero-y um but it's not it's not goofy or cartoony or anything like that so yeah i really love the art and i think that helps sell it because it's it's not necessarily as quirky or something even something like chew has such a unique art style to it and, and a quirky art style that you don't necessarily flip through chew and know exactly where it sort of falls in in the genre and what you you know it, it, the art doesn't necessarily communicate the jokes to you right away. Like the jokes mm -hmm. are sort of buried in the art. Um, but this just, it just plays it straight. I mean, it's like everything. It's just no subtext, totally literal. <laughs> um, I would and, like to direct you by the way, to uh shirtless bear fighter. Number four, the sure. variant cover. I am purchasing a copy right now as we speak. <laughs> uh, I, just, I, I don't even want to describe it. Just Google it. You won't be sorry. Just have that in your get your JPEG collection somewhere because it is it is masterful. Now you, um, you did call it the variant cover, right? Uh, it's the cover B variant for the yeah, for issue four. It's it's him with some attacking pandas. That's all I'll say. <laughs> that I'm sure has nothing to do with the book. Oh, well, the cover collection at the end is awesome. There's one by Scotty Young, which is the baby shirtless. Um, <laughs> I guess punching his first bear and he has a, a tiny little pixelated penis in that one. Um, mm -hmm. There's a really great one from uh, uh, Rob Momarts. I think that's how you pronounce his name, but he's uh, um, I, I'm, I've just seen his work around um, and I, it, it's a great, very Rob Liefeld, like over muscled shirtless. And then there's just an awesome, like playgirl Burt Reynolds style. There's shirtless lying <laughs> across a pear skin rug you know, totally nude, yeah. uh, very hairy. And that was one of the variant covers. Oh my um, God. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I, you know, that's, those are all the extras we get at the end are the, are the covers. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, that's fine with me, honestly, like it was enjoyable an enjoyable gallery to go through, but I didn't feel like it needed anything else. Um, I would say <clears throat> all those other things I've mentioned, it, it, that's what I would recommend this. Like if you like Axe cop, if you like venture brothers, um, if you like chew, this is 
Or it's going to fit perfectly in there. And see, I don't know anything about Southern Bastards. Is it funny like this? Not really, okay. but it's, it's sensational. You know, okay. it's got a lot of sen- sort of sensa- just by my glancing at some of the, the sample art and just hearing you talk. There's a sensational kind of uh, you know DNA in both of these that I think you'll you'll appreciate. Yeah, I just found that cover you're talking about, the one that looks like the old pulp yeah. fiction novel. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that one is amazing. <laughs> That um, I just I just press purchase that will be in my possession soon because I yeah I've started I've started collecting variant covers that I really really dig um, a lot most of them I think are image there's a couple that aren't but like I I may uh, I may assemble that somehow because it's I just I, some of these variant covers are too good to not like they image should put out a hardcover book or something because they're just <laughs> well um, you know if, it, if if as if I need to say it this this checks all my boxes you know it's the story is wrapped up in one volume um i like the art i like the writing like it's it's funny there's there's action in it i i really do like especially after the last couple books you and i have discussed i like that it just sort of hits the beats you know and goes through the story that it it's just wild but you know, there's nothing like it's, you know, it's just the plot. This is a, a, a Fast and Furious or, the you know, any movie that The Rock would be in or, you know, it's it's very much like that, except maybe Skyscraper. I just watched that. But um, uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it just hits all the right notes. Um, and, and it is very, you know, they do a good job when Silva calls out the absurdity of the situation. I, I think it works for him. Like, you know, a couple times it's sort of weird to, you know, almost breaks the fourth wall. She's not addressing the reader, but Burke, the, uh, the, you know, grizzled FBI agent will say something like, ah, it reminds me of being back in Nam. And she's like, wait, how old are you? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? And then he'll say like back in the war of Northern aggression, we had this. And she's like, wait, now that's impossible. <laughs> uh, uh. And so she's just sort of in the, you know, in the, uh, marginalia saying those things. Of, um, and, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's all just amusing. And I, I love that it's a comic book. I can't really tell you if I would like it, if it were any other kind of media. Um, but this is, this is great. And I do have the physical copy. We always talk about that, mm-hmm. but I don't see any reason why you wouldn't enjoy this just as much in the digital copy. Excellent. So, although as you point out, those variant covers are amazing. And I'm telling you, definitely we're tracking them out. There's only five issues, so you could. Yeah. I mean, it's affordable. You could just go grab these. You know, these five. I mean, issues. I did the I did the variants for Huck. Um, oh yeah, were, those were crazy. Because each one of those were a uh, a riff off of a famous '80s movie poster. Yeah. And so like, just having those was amazing. Like, and the Huck story is great too. But just that when I saw those variants, I'm like, I need to have those. It's kind of where it started. Because then I saw there was a couple Wicked and Divine variants that were really really good. Um, again, Image should just put out a hardcover, a annual hardcover, like just volume of variants, and just I God, that would be a great thing to have on the shelf. Yeah, and especially yeah. when a series wraps up like this, like I agree, just yeah. do, do the um, because one thing we you and I point out a lot is with Image is they're so great to to jump into a title because generally volume one is always nine ninety nine. Yeah, um, <clears throat> that's that's honestly the biggest clue to me that they're not going to continue shirtless bear fighter because this volume was sixteen ninety nine. Ah, which just okay. makes me think like, nope, that's a, you know, a one shot. Yeah. Um, but for a, I don't know that I would go back and buy like a second copy of it, but it is so good 
that if I didn't already own a collected edition, I, I might buy a hardcover that had all of the art in it, you know, Ooh, <laughs> like I yeah. would like all that kind of stuff. And I think <clears throat> I hate fairyland would benefit from something like that too, you know, just cause that art is so zany. Like I would love to see well, that's all the, the, the sketches copy, and everything. The copy of I hate fairyland I have is the uh, hardcover storybook version of volumes one and two. Um, and I actually, oh, yeah. it's interesting cause I had volumes one and two as trade paperbacks. And I, I traded those in and then got this hardcover volume, which just as a, as a physical artifact fits the story for I hate fairyland so much more. Um, yeah. You know, this would, it would almost be amazing if they put out like a, uh, you know, like a limited edition, almost like, you know, made out of like actual, like the cover is like a, uh, you know, twigs and you know, leaves and just like make it really naturey, you know, like on you know, right. <laughs> paper and just you know, really make it as crazy and naturey and interesting as possible. That would, God, that, Image image has I mean there'd probably be only a small you know a small loyal group of us that would buy all that shit but God we'd buy all that shit you know they could they could do production <laughs> runs that would oh I, Rachel, I know it's Rachel almost like be like you need to find a storage unit for all this because we can't have it here I, it would be crazy it's almost one of those things that begs to like for the series to continue so it could develop that fan base but yeah, yeah. I, you know I'm happy with the way it wrapped up and it's yeah it's just yeah. Um, one quick thing I wanted to do before we sign off is just acknowledge uh, the fact that this is the week Stan Lee passed away, um, 95 years old, and and I there's so much so much has been been said and is being said that I I don't need to rehash any of that. I don't want to speak for you necessarily, but um, it's just it's you know it's it's great to have seen him enjoy the uh, all the last 10 years of Marvel, you know, and make it yeah, to no that. Kidding. That I mean, to make it to Infinity War and be like, I mean, and, and knowing where they're going from here, like knowing that that wasn't going to be the end, you know, as, as a culminative event as it was to, to know, oh, my God, but, you know, Spider-Man will go on and on for the next, you know, 80, 80 100 years. Like, in, you know, it's all the future is secure. And then the fact, you know, that that was really cool to see once his wife passed. I knew it was only a matter of time. Mm. You know, he, they were very close and there's always that that sort of notion that with an elderly couple that's been together so long, when one goes, it's not long, you know, before the other usually goes to, it's just the, it's the say what you will about that. But um, yeah, it's, I just want to make sure that was acknowledged on this episode. Whenever you're listening to it. Um, I don't know if you had anything you want to add. No, I, I've appreciated seeing uh, others, you know, tributes and, and um, like a lot of Instagram posts of people with pictures of him, which puts it in my mind that it, you know what he was so accessible mm-hmm. which, is, <clears throat> which is just a really cool thing for a guy of that that stature to be you know i mean i saw him at a couple of comic cons i don't have a picture with him but you know i remember just seeing him in the flesh you know 10 feet away from me or whatever and um i you know what can you say about the guy uh the energy and the stamina just i don't know where the hell how the hell he pulled that off like, you know, to be so accessible and to never, at least in public, to never have a dour attitude about it. You yeah. Know, to always be on. Like, there was a there was a showmanship, I think, kind of bred into a lot of those guys of that era. Yeah. That, uh, you know, is, is there's some old country music guys, too. Back when I was living in Nashville, I would be at the back backstage at the Grand Ole Opry. You see some of these guys like Bill Anderson roll in, you know, and they'd be all like, hey, what's going on? And then they'd, they'd go behind. They'd go backstage and shut the door. You know, 20 minutes later, emerge like with their spangly Manuel jackets and <laughs> perfectly coiffed hair. And it's like, hello, everybody. Here I am. And it's just like that. That did not stop until they went back to that dressing room and shut the door. And it was like that was, you know, it it 
there was no break in that for like hours and hours. I just always marveled at that. So I think there's a there's definitely some something to be said about people, entertainment people kind yeah. of brought up in that time. You know, I uh, I don't so I guess before a little behind the scenes for you, we um, or I mean for you, Taylor, not we, I. Um, I almost picked, I was sort of back and forth on doing shirtless because I knew this episode would come out before my book club met. And I didn't necessarily want anyone who would listen to the podcast and be at the book club to hear me just ramble and, uh, and like, and, um, about it for however long I did, um, before we talked about it as a group, <clears throat> but, uh, I almost picked. And now that Stan has passed, I should do this. Uh, I have a Stan, Stanley imagines Catwoman story what that happened <laughs> and i think it was when he i don't know all the business in and outs but i think it was when he had left marvel and he was trying his you know whatever he was doing at the time and because didn't he have like sort of a steve jobs like you know next yeah. sort of project yeah and you're right i think it was around that time and dc hired him to do like a what if story um or whatever whatever DC calls it Elseworlds or something Elseworlds, and, yeah. uh, and to do Catwoman and I, I'll do it sometime because it's not, it's not worth me like uh, spoiling the, the, or, or giving my comments now. So I, I, but I almost picked it, you know, and this was before Stan passed away. So I didn't even know the significance. I just thought like, Oh yeah, that'd be a good one to, to do on the show sometime. So uh, now, now I should definitely do it. Was it a book? I mean, was, was, was it Halle Berry ass Catwoman? Is that the, no. <laughs> no, no, he was describing that. <laughs> one this day is, i'll describe the worst movie ever made <laughs> no i'm pretty sure she's still selena kyle um <clears throat> yeah it's uh it's so interesting and it's so stan i think that's the the great part about it so that's awesome yeah, i'll leave that but anyway where could people find us if they want to listen to more of of myself rambling and and you you being slightly more organized well what <laughs> As I told my local comic shop recently, you can find us wherever you find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, etc. Just search for panelism. And if for some weird reason that still doesn't come up, put in by Todd and Taylor. But panelism should work. There's only one of us. And uh, you can also find us at panelist.panelism. God, panelism. Panelism. <laughs> dot inc. I was I was I almost merged it with our former URLs like panelism us. No, no, panelism.inc. Uh, that is on Instagram. That is the website address as well. And uh, yeah, tell your friends if you like this, suggest a book. We'll, we'll think about reviewing it. Tell your friends if you liked it. Help spread the word. It always it always helps in the end. Absolutely. Thanks for talking to me about Shirtless Bear Fighter. <laughs> I can't wait to get that. Great pick, sir. We'll talk to you next time and I'll have a book. All right. <laughs>